Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. A new cornerback transfer. The XFL reveals the names and logos of their eight teams. And the Tour Championship starts tomorrow in the PGA. It is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Go check them out online at uh, KurtzPolaris.com. Also on Highway 83 in Sealy. You want to go see them there? Get the pontoon boats going? Oh, yeah, for sure. Polaris. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well, 1029ESPN.com. There, you can listen live on the Listen Live tab. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You can also pick up your phone and call us, 329-1899, 329-1899. That is your phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got on the show today. We are going to get into a little news that kind of broke, uh, actually during, technically during the show yesterday, uh, and uh, ironic that Coulter would have been talking about maybe a cornerback being a, a need or a question mark for the Montana Grizzly football team, and then no sooner as the words came out of his mouth than the word was came down from the university that they have added Kenyon Foster. Nope, Keenan Foster. Keenan Foster. You get a might be Kenyon. Who knows? But he no, it's Keenan. Keenan Foster. Uh, and he, uh, he comes from U- University of Texas, El Paso, uh, where he was a uh, wide receiver and played, actually, for Brent Pease. So interesting there. So we'll get into some of that stuff. We will talk a little bit, not a lot, about the XFL, but more about logos and about the Osprey. Who, you know, I don't know. There, a lot of things have befallen the Osprey Man. this season. 
You know, it's been crazy. But in theory, right, they're still supposed to have a new team name on the last day of the year, uh, the last, you know, home game of the year. My understanding is when they were going to unveil that. So I don't know if that's still happening, but we can have a little discussion about that. It is a wing at Wednesday. You will call us for wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. In the spirit of the XFL, I have some... Uh, non-NFL but professional football-related questions for you today on the uh, on the Wing It Wednesday, so we'll get to those. I got to talk to you a little bit about the Tour Championship. I know that not a lot of people, you know, the, the golf is a tough sport to talk about when you're talking about sports talk radio. Not everybody's into it. This, though, is really interesting. We're not going to sit here and debate who's going to win the Tour Championship and all that kind of stuff, but the format and how they are doing this is really, really interesting, so we will uh, get to that. We also top of the hour we will continue our nfl team by team series you came in you said you know ryan i'm in a great mood i want you i want to do this for you i want you to have a nice day today so the green bay packers it is the green bay packers it is today on the uh, nfl deep dive team by team day by day as we go uh and then uh yeah we'll get into some other uh, uh stuff in the second hour as well beyond that obviously another wing at wednesday as well so there you go there's a look at the show uh, of course the second that we are about to go live on the air my headphone uh a pad falls off of the headphone ear like the thing that goes <laughs> over your ear it and now it's very awkwardly fitted to my head. I don't really have time to adjust it. I might try while you talk a little bit. But why you know, <laughs> why does it gotta happen like right when I'm putting the thing on? Because you have these headphones are like the I like the over the ear guy. I'm not the ear bud guy, I like the mm-hmm. over the ear. Mm-hmm. And but it's just hard plastic under this thing. It's just got this little padded cover and now I'm in tough shape. So anyway, there's my problem. All this brings me joy. It's an engineering issue. The, it's a, such a strange crutch, the headphones, right? When I first started doing this, I, I was doing like twice a week, 15 minutes a time with you and Tucker just on the phone. Yeah. And I was just talking on my Bluetooth headphones or whatever. And then when I first started doing this in studio with you, I didn't use headphones for the first right. several months. Which is why you could answer no questions from any caller. <laughs> and, uh... It's funny though, because once you get into the headphones, then you just you become dependent on them. It's so interesting because there's a lot of people who come in. You know, if there's guests, and we got extra headphones for people who are in studio, and they're like, "Should I wear the headphones?" Well, and usually I advise them not to because when you are wearing the headphones and actually hearing your own voice in real time, it is it it, it throws you off. Like people don't deal with that well. But now that you do it all the time, if you don't have your headphones, you you can't form a sentence. It goes the other way. Friday, Mike Dugit in the studio. This wasn't going out over the air. Everybody else here heard it crystal clear, but there's whatever button. I don't know what the button is, but you get the, the delayed double audio. Oh, yeah. I had to throw this, the headphones yeah. out because I'm trying to, you know, I already suck at the intro, and you're not here to steer the ship. And so I'm, like, trying to get us through all the ins and outs. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. The echo, get these things out of here. And you could tell Mike was like, what's going on? You know, because this is only the second time ever doing the show. And he's yeah. like, do we have a problem? Do we have an issue? He throws his away, too. And. Then we we got it remedied, but it, it it's a it's a funny crutch. It one of the most interesting parts about doing this job to me is first of all 
how terrified so many people are to speak in public. And this is very much like public speaking. And I never had a fear of public speaking. Yeah. But now when I go, you know, I presented for the Kiwanis Club in Missoula the other, a couple weeks ago. And it was, yeah. it was phenomenal. It was so fun. Yeah. I love talking to the, all the people and having them ask you questions and, you know, just, just kind of spreading the word of all the things that are going on in our sports community. But, I, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, it was so far beyond not nervous, you know, like is just right. straight off the cuff, not even thinking about it. Yep. And so many people also say that they hate the sound of their own voice because of my job as a journalist, transcribing my own voice so often, as well as then now listening to myself talk into a microphone for, you know, by the time we get done with all our production and everything, it's got to be close to 13 hours a week, right? I mean, we're talking a lot, podcasts yeah. and so, this, sure. and, and I don't even think about what my, what my voice sounds like. It's interesting. Um, way of of sort of numbing yourself to what most people find horrifying of getting over it well here's the good news i've only ever loved everything about myself <laughs> my voice how i look on television all of it just more of it well and now you're wearing your favorite shirt myself in a loop i know i got my fu- i've gotten some feedback my sister saw this shirt for the first time and said uh why why did you dive into the save by the bell closet <laughs> This is another you interesting. Know? This is another interesting factor, right? Uh, the short sleeve button up has become yeah. very in vogue. Is that right? Uh, but they are uh, definitely way more catered towards the, uh, you know the, 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 the tall, the tall and long guys. You know, oh, the, right. the, the burly guys like us. Not necessarily as much. <laughs> the uh, the short the, sleeve button up, broad shouldered. That's the nice way to say. Yeah, it. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mid, middle heighted. People? I still think that the funniest name submission we got for our potential names from the listeners, what, what did they say? Uh, what, oh, man, I got to remember what it was. It was like two tons of fun or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the explanation was there's no way that you guys don't. Oh, it was something, oh, no, something like about two bills. Two bills and something, and the guy said, "There's no way either one of you guys weigh under 200 pounds." So we gotta go. And I say, "Yeah, no, we, we're not even close." You're right about that. No, we are not. We're uh, we are we're north of two bills. That is a fact. Uh, south of three, though. <laughs> hey, for all the folks. Listening. Okay, okay, we're completely off the rails right now. But I gotta tell a really. Every f- time you announce it, it makes it worse. It's just funny. Don't say it, just keep going. It's funny. I'd like to impersonate Coulter really quick before mm. you get into this Coulter. Uh, we're uh, eight minutes and fifteen seconds in. We haven't talked thing about sports yet. <laughs> well, I got a sports story. All right, yeah, sports story. All right, here we go. That's what I was worried. And, and I and I mean this all in jest because I know that I know that the young man is working hard, and I actually think he has one of the best chances to play of any true freshman for either the Bobcats or the Grizzlies this year. But there is a defensive tackle for the place for Montana State. His name is Tua Areta, and um, he is. A very, very, very large young man. And the first, uh, I guess it was the third day of camp, they had their conditioning test, and it was, Montana State did it, and it was, it was must-watch in practice because Troy Anderson, he sprints as hard as he can during every conditioning drill, yeah. and it spurs on everybody else. And so by Not the time... Me. He's the guy that makes me mad. By the time Troy has dusted the whole team 13 times and he's running across the finish line backwards, egging everybody on <laughs> with his fingers, then people start saying, okay, one of us has got to take this guy down. So then a couple guys started trying to go with him. But on the other side of this thing, Tua Areta, uh, he is... Uh, the conditioning test is not made for him. He, he is your prototype nose guard. So the conditioning was not going so well for Big Tua. But Montana State's roster had him listed at 6'3", 295. So, so after their, their first Saturday practice, 
Choate's up on the podium. Jeff Choate's up on the podium. And I, I say, Coach, I said, I got to ask you something. I don't need a comment on this or anything. I just really, I really got to know just because I'm in the business of accuracy. I said, you know, you're, you're big old boy in the middle. You're big plug. I, I just don't think that he's, he's weighing in at 295. And Joe said, oh, yeah. He said, I looked at that roster and said, that's wrong by 100. He said, <laughs> he said, I said, to, he said, Tua, get up there. Get up on that scale. 398. And Chote said, okay, you know, I want you to be, I want. He made him, get, he, 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 he said, he right said Tua, I want, to, I want to know. He said, he said, because when he came on his recruiting visit, he was like 415. And he told him he has to get under 400. And so he got down to 398. And so then I asked Chote later on, and he said, oh, man, fall camp, he's already lost like 15 more pounds. He's, he's feeling spilt. He's under 380. He's, he's, he's making progress. <laughs> but the guy's lost like 30 pounds, so like, good for him. Hey. Man. But I'm telling you Keep what, going. though, I, I, I don't mean to make fun of the kid because he could play. And he's got, I mean, good luck blocking him. When they go twos on twos, he was running with the twos as a true freshman. When they go twos on twos, Denver Crone is their backup center. Denver Crone's a walk-on from Augusta. He's a really tough kid, ranch kid. But he's only about 6'2", uh, maybe 260, 265. Mm-hmm. So when you got 265 going against 385, advantage number 55. What they call that is a double team. He's going <laughs> against two right. people. Uh, okay, it is. Uh, let's let's keep going here with a little bit of college football, Coulter. Uh, mentioned this off the top, but uh, yesterday we we spent a fair amount of time on the Grizzly football team, specifically in kind of the the way the the first part of their season sets up, and specifically the South Dakota game and what that game could mean uh, heading into the UC Davis game. And if you weren't with us, podcast people, we won't rehash all of it here. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. But uh, you, you, we talked about some of the specifics of this team, and you said, you know, I know they played well last year by all accounts, but they also played well in virtue of, we, the, you know, people looking at the football team last season thought Montana is in complete trouble desperate straights at cornerback and they brought over you know justin calhoun and you know had a couple other guys step up convert and they they played well those guys played well especially considering that they weren't cornerbacks uh in some cases until last year and now they're out there starting at the position so you know good for them to uh to to you know get up to speed quick for the coaches and the secondary coaches and so forth but you said look just because they played you know better than what people thought doesn't mean that's not still an area of concern potentially for the um and no sooner do you point out that position group specifically than all of a sudden a transfer is announced 
in uh, Kenyon Foster from UTEP. 5'9", 165 pounds. Not a big kid. He's also been a wide receiver, but they're clear, they're pretty clear they're bringing him in to be a cornerback, to uh, uh, be part of that secondary. He did play uh, at UTEP for Brent Pease uh, in 2016 and 2017. And so he comes in, I think, with... Is it, he's just going to have one year of eligibility. He's a graduate right? transfer. Yeah, yep. so grad transfer is coming in. And and so, obviously, you know, you would never bring in a grad transfer that you didn't expect to play and have, you know, uh, at, at the minimum, a contributing role. Uh, what do you know, Coulter, here about Kenyon Foster, and what do you expect out of him as a corner and in that group? Well, I've always thought that guys that come to either of the Montana schools as transfers, when they have a previous connection a previous familiarity with either the program, the coaching staff, a player on the team, it always makes the transition a lot easier. Because I think that one of the things that's such a tough balancing act for FCS programs is that when you're dropping down from the FBS, so many of the guys that are doing it, they just consider it exactly like I just phrased it. You're dropping down. And I think that one of the biggest areas of trouble you can get into, no matter how talented you are individually, is if you think you're a big-timer. Because if you come to the Big Sky Conference, there's a, there's a couple guys that are exceptions where they're so far athletically superior that it doesn't really take a lot of buy-in. Like a guy like Bo Sandlin, who came from the University of Miami and transferred to Montana State to play tight end. I mean, he's 6'5", 265. He ran a 4'6 on his pro day. He got drafted in the sixth round. There's not a lot of guys that can guard Bo Sandlin, period. It doesn't take a lot of buy-in or grind for him. But there is a ton of guys, I think, that when you fall out of favor in a mid-major FBS program, there's not that much difference. And in some cases, I don't even know if it's as good. And uh, so I do think that it's uh, having familiarity helps a lot. And when you look at Keenan Foster, there's several different ties. He was recruited by Montana heavily coming out of high school. He's from Mill Creek, Washington, which is in the Seattle-Tacoma area. He was a big sky recruit, basically, coming out of high school. He was recruited heavily by Montana, Montana State, and Portland State. And then he decided he was going to take a chance and bet on himself and go to Florida A&M. That didn't work out because they had a coaching change. So he ends up at UTEP, walks on at UTEP, but then earns himself a scholarship. And he's a productive receiver. And when he caught 21 passes, caught a couple touchdowns. So he was in the mix. You know, he was a guy that was in the rotation, getting a lot of playing time. And there he played for Brent Pease. Brent Pease was the wide receivers coach at UTEP for a couple years. So there's a connection there. And then that those things kind of led him back to Montana. Uh, but I think that there is some coinciding with an, a roster spot availability. So you wonder if Montana's been talking to this guy for a little while and maybe he had a little bit of delayed grad transfer admissions or something like that because that seems to be a more common case these days when guys are trying to grad transfer. A lot of times the, the paperwork takes a lot a long time to get through. But either way, Rayshon Rowland and Cole Sane both left the team last week. That gives Montana an open scholarship because of Cole Sane. And then an, an open position at cornerback because Rayshon Rowland was a walk-on cornerback. So this guy fills both those needs with one player. I'm just going to be so interested to see how a guy that spent the last, I mean, the majority of his college career playing receiver transitions to corner. I, I just find it interesting that there's so many guys that are in that exact situation, whether you're talking about Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash, we're talking about Kobe Eaton, who will probably be in the mix as a senior, especially with Josh Egbo out. That's one thing that we haven't talked about. Josh Egbo, uh, who was expected to be probably Montana's third corner this year, he tore his ACL during uh, spring football, and he he posted about it on Instagram. That's how I know the injury was confirmed. He's at, He's been at practice. He's walking around. He's wearing a, a brace. 
So he's not on crutches. So he's farther along than uh, than if, if he would have happened right now. So he might come back, but that leaves a little bit of a um, gap in the depth chart as well. But then you have other guys too. You know, Corbin Walker, for example, is a highly recruited guy and a guy that I think most people think is one of Montana's out-of-state gems in this current class of freshmen. A lot of people would argue that his upside is higher at corner, but he was a more productive player to this point in his career as a receiver. I mean, he was the South Puget Sound League Offensive Player of the Year last year. So there's a lot of guys at Montana that have more, much more experience playing wide receiver. I don't necessarily know if that means that they don't have the true upside to play corner. We'll see. I do think Justin Calhoun has the most important characteristic you need to play corner in college football. He's com- length. Yeah, he's competitive. Hmm. The mental part. He's, he's got good length and he's got good speed. But the thing about Justin Calhoun is Justin Calhoun's a dog. Here's the thing. At this day and age in college football, especially in the big sky cars, because there's going to be no, there's going to be no proportional mismatch than any other position than wide receiver versus corner. Because corners now are at a premium because everybody, especially out West, you know, the big 12 pack 12, everybody's running the spread. Everybody's throwing the ball. So everybody's recruiting corners at such a high level. I mean, you're seeing guys like Trayvon Strong be half scholarship players at Montana state and then go straight to Utah and like be in the mix at Utah. So I think that, um, if you can play at any sort of level now, you're getting recruited to the highest level as a corner. Whereas on the other side, there's so many receivers that so many receivers fall through the cracks. Mm. And you get guys like Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne and Emmanuel Butler who are just so physically superior. Like when Emmanuel Butler was at his best, when he was healthy at NAU, you 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 are not guarding that guy. There There is no corner in the big sky that is going to guard that guy. There's none. And I think that's why it's important to have the mentality Justin Calhoun has because Justin Calhoun is the type of guy where if he gets beat, he's going to get back up and want to go again. That's the hardest part to learn as a corner, I think. Because if you get beat and then you go in the dumps, you're going to get beat over and over and over again. One thing that really impressed me about Justin Calhoun last year was coming up from the offensive side of the ball, which, by the way, he played, I mean, he maybe played both ways in, in high school, but he certainly played wide receiver in high school. Um, do you want to stick your nose in it defensively? Right. And go in and, and make a tackle and be the aggressor physically and, and there's a lot of cornerbacks who are true cornerbacks that aren't really particularly excited about that aspect of what they do. They want to guard all day long. They want to pass break up. They can drag a guy down, but they don't want to come up and make a tackle in the run game, you know, necessarily. But Justin Calhoun, he will he, – he, he's in attack mode. And, uh, and, and, and that is, you know, bespeaks exactly what it is that you're talking about, about the competitiveness – that he has, and and I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, there you go. Kenyon Foster is in the program. It was, it is worth noting too. You go, okay, Florida A and M and UTEP. How's he going to do coming to Montana, starting to play in October, November? But to your point, he's from Mill Creek. I mean, Mill Creek is north of Seattle. It, obviously, it's not cold the way it's cold here, but he's certainly he's plenty used to gray days and chilly and you know cool uh, cool temperatures and all that kind of stuff. I would think that this would be more akin to what he's used to than Florida A&M and the University of Texas at El Paso. And I'm pretty sure he came on a visit here, too, when he coming yeah. out of high school. So it's probably a place he remembered. And, and, you know, you don't want to rag on any programs, but the college experience in Missoula, Montana is significantly better than it is at the University of Texas, El Paso. There's, well, I, just, I just think there's no question about that. I mean... 
And so there, there's a, there could be a chance that he has been thinking about this for a while. Hey, you know, I'm here at UTEP, but let's get our degree and transfer to Missoula because that's where I should have been playing the whole time. If if you went to UTEP, though, Coulter, over under number of times a week, you're headed into Mexico. Well, right. But I think that's the problem. I think that's why they're going to have problems having success because it's kind of like, okay, win, lose, draw. We could just go on vacation. Yeah. I Winter mean, conditioning, go to the beach. Pro, pro, pro tortillas. That's what I'm <laughs> I'm a big tortilla guy. Um all right, it's two telling the one is one oh two nine ESPN radio. Uh Coulter, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit here at the uh at the beginning. I mean we don't don't you know, it's not a big, big deal, but it's just sort of interesting. But the uh uh XFL has revealed today they got it's an eight team league that the XFL is, you know, restarting here basically. Uh, and today they released their team uh, names and logos. So I can just go through those quickly. The Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Los Angeles Wildcats, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, and Washington Defenders. Uh, if you have a chance to go ahead and look at the uh, logos, I mean, feel free to. They are as sort of uninteresting I, to me, anyway, as it gets. Here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand. Anytime there's a new logo or a new franchise or a new, you know, thing out there, it seems like it's always met with just disdain. Like, people don't... The Vegas Golden Knights, like, they were one of the great stories. I still can't get over, like, what they are. I, I, I just think it's just, it's just uninteresting... I don't know. I don't know. I understand why they went that route, and I, you know, there's some there's there's some explanations from the owner and his history, his past, and so forth that you know that he went with that, and that's fine. Like he can do what he wants to do. But any time you see expansion teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they go with the new big thing on the helmet, and it's just like, what are we doing? And it is so rare that an upgrade. And I'm not talking about just like an alternate uniform, and sometimes you can get into that, and that can look cool or whatever. But when you change the logo or if there's a new logo or name introduced, people just hate it all the time. And I find it to be not as well like this. I think finding a good name and logo is one of the actually really hard things to do. I mean, we experienced some of that with even trying to name this show. Like, what are we going to, you know, what are you going to do? I think it's very hard to do to do well, but it's, it's almost never accomplished to me. And the XFL, when they first came out, and they wanted to do the edgy thing, and they had things like the Hitmen, right, and the Maniacs, and all kinds of, like, you know, bizarre things. And now they've just gone so, you know, sterile in the middle middle of the road on this thing. I don't, I don't really get it. This is what concerns me, frankly, about the Osprey. Like, at the end, like, uh, if they're going to really go ahead and change their name, now, first of all, we know that everybody is going to hate it. Everybody is going to hate it. We also know that, you know, over time, this stuff can kind of, you know, people go, okay, you know, all right, all right, all right, I get it. But people really genuinely like the Osprey. Like, they've grown to like that and appreciate that, even though the bird itself isn't all that much to write home about per se. The fact that you actually do have the birds there nesting, doing the whole deal, and over the course of 20 years has sort of demarcated it. I mean, it takes time to sort of cut out that niche, but it also just seems like 
unquestionably, if the disposition is to like what you've got now, the, 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 the backlash of this, the pendulum swing the other direction, is going to be nothing but dislike. I'm the guy that cares the least about this kind of stuff. If it was up to me, there'd be no logos or alternate jerseys or any of that stuff. You are just something. Else. But I do think that the go Penn State. I do think that the, that Missoula itself has two of the great mascots in all of sports. Period. The Montana Grizzlies and the Missoula Osprey are as good as it gets. I mean, the Osprey lives in the field. That's the, there's no situation in the world where you can get the Osprey nest in the field. You, right. can, you can watch the Osprey go fishing. It's unbelievable. They tried it once with the uh, Chattanooga Pit Vipers. <laughs> But uh, Not so good. it didn't go that well. Um, were you in Missoula? You had to have been when the University of Montana changed its colors. Yes, I was. Do you remember? Hate it. I mean, people were going crazy. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I remember many comments about the president's wife and her decision making and how does she have right. this kind of power right. and so forth and so on. And, you know, at this point, I mean, first of all, it, I can't tell if it's actually changed a little bit of color over time because it was like silver and cranberry was the word, right, that was being used when it was first <laughs> out there. And and now we're kind of shading towards maroon a little bit on that. Um, now, but here's – I'm here to tell you to this very day, copper wins the day. I mean, there's just – Especially no, Montana. There's just no – that's it. That's it. That is the better uniform. That is the better color to have. Not in a throwback sense. That should be just the way you go. Okay? But it isn't. But I do think that people are... I like the jerseys. I like the color scheme as it is now. In it With the silver and whatever the reddish color is. Maroon or whatever. Uh, I think it looks... I think that looks good. I think it's sharp. I think it's fine. It's still not as good as the copper. I'm not throwing a fit about it, but it's also been a long-standing thing at this point now. So, so you know, whatever. Um, but when I, that stuff gets changed, yeah, it 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 makes people, you know, I, wh- why we have these attachments to these things I'm, is a little bit unclear to me. But we do, and also why they why people think well, we got to change it. We got to always be updating something. That I don't quite understand. The thing that's so unclear to me is that when that change went down, I heard from people that were making the decisions. This is very common among college athletics. And I don't really have any memory of any other big-time program changing their color schemes. Oregon has shifted quite a bit because of just the proliferation of the options that they have. But as far as actually changing your school... Green and Right, right. As far as changing your school colors, I have not heard of that anywhere. Yeah. Right? No. Can you think of another example? Like, imagine if Texas just decided one day they're going to just be red instead of burnt orange. Like... Oh, I mean, there would okay, be riots. That's, that's the conversation. Is in what what school? And it oh, might be Texas. Texas. Would they, if Texas changed their colors, or if or if Michigan got rid of their helmets, burn it down. How about this? How about this? Tennessee. Oh man. Yep. If Tennessee wasn't wasn't North Carolina. Yeah. If North Carolina went to dark blue. blue or purple instead of Tar Heel blue. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. There. That, There's a lot for te- sure. But but I think the, Texas would be I think Texas would be the take the cake out of those. At Gus Tutel, if you have other suggestions, I'd be interested to hear like as we think about this on the spot. At Gus Tutel, just hit me up 
and and uh, and tell us what school if they changed their colors would would as Coulter says they'd burn it down. We're the rioting in the streets over this. Uh, it is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. It is time for a Wing It Wednesday. So give us a call right now. 329-1899. 329-1899. We open it up to everybody around here. Uh, we got three questions for you. My questions are uh, loosely based on the XFL and and leagues around uh, uh, professional football that are not the NFL. So we'll ask some questions about that. Don't worry. it's It won't be personnel related. Okay? I'm not going to ask you who was the quarterback for the, you know, XFL team in the, when was that? Early 2000s? Anyway, uh, just call. 329-1899. We'll do uh, some trivia with you right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. You want some wings? To the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. Give us a call, 329-1899. Call right now, 329-1899. Got some questions for you. They're gettable. Promise. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. It's Tutel Nuanas. It's good to be with all of you. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. On Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Coulter, what, uh, what are we working on on Skyline Sports right now at uh, SkylineSportsMT.com? Bunch of, bunch of uh, fall camp, but not fall camp now, just fall practice stuff? Yeah, a uh, couple different things. I, I've been having a little bit of a dilemma. You know, long story short... Andrew Houghton, who has appeared on this show as well as the Big Sky Breakdown uh, as, and has been writing for me at Skyline Sports for the last two years. He's done a great job covering the Grizz. Uh, he landed a new gig at the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello. Congratulations to him. But he's covering uh, the Bengals this fall football season, and it's always cool for a guy that you mentored to, to get that full-time beat-writing gig at a newspaper. You know, I mean, they're going to give him benefits and all the, all the big boy things, so yep. it, was, it was cool for him to be able to move over there. And then I tried to hire another young man, to help me out, and uh, he ended up getting a, an opportunity I think better suited his future goals um, on the, the sports information side of things rather yep. than doing the journalism side of things. And I, you know, I said, that's what you want to do, so go ahead and do it. But this last week was a little bit tough because we had a really busy week here at ESPN Radio, and uh, we're kind of under the gun trying to get all our college game day stuff and all our Montana football hour stuff kind of smoothed over before we 
really hit the ground running with the full season. And so, um, you know, I've been able to get it down to practice to co- talk to Coach Halk a couple times, but uh, because this show is on right now, I mean, the Grizz are basically – the players will be available for interviews here in about 15 minutes, and we obviously can't go, so I really was just trying to find a stringer. We haven't been able to do it. Um, but I also have been going through a little bit of a dilemma because uh, just really been wanting to know how to pr- like try to produce written content that's not diluting the stuff we talk about on this show and vice versa. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to oversaturate it. If somebody wants to listen to it, they want to listen to it. If they want to read it, they want to read it. But is it really worth putting in the work to do both for the same thing? I don't know. But one thing I thought was a fun segment that we didn't spend much time on the other day was our sleepers for Grizz football. Mm. And so I took that a couple, I think we, I think I had named four guys on the Grizz and, and you had a couple and we each had a couple for the Bobcats as well. Uh, but I took that and I, I'm extrapolating it out a little bit. And I'm doing my top 10 sleepers for the Grizz. I do think there's a lot of guys that um, maybe are not getting the pub that they deserve or, or maybe have a chance to really break out. And so that'll be a fun little piece. And uh, it's media well, day. Is Dante Olsen on that? <laughs> I don't think anybody's sleeping on Dante. Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking about this today, though. I was, I was walking around downtown, seeing some clients, and uh, stopped into Stockman's Bar, which, by the way, will be at Stockman's Bar next week for uh, our Thursday show. This week, we're at Locals on the corner there, Ryman and, and Broadway. Yep. Next week, Stockman's Bar, right downtown, Missoula. Um, but there's always a lot of you know, guys that are really connected to the Grizz in there, and this is the, the, there's always a question that starts to kind of gain momentum in the conversational circles mm-hmm. in Montana. Mm-hmm. The question now that I've been getting asked from both sides of the rivalry, and a lot of things about the Cacarys rivalry uh, exhaust me and drive me crazy. I really I, I said this that one of the days when I was by myself when you were gone. I, I just it drives me nuts when people are trolling on Twitter. Like if you write a story about a Bobcat player and it's just about the kid, it's just about his his journey or his injury or whatever. And then the other side of the rivalry was the Grizz with the Cats. They just, like, ripped the kid apart, like, just come on, man. Like, let's stop doing that. I get that you root for your team or whatever, but to just rip a kid who you don't even know who is, by the way, a kid who's just trying to get his education and play football, it's crazy to me. But anyways, one of the fun parts about it, though, is when I get from some of the rational fans or some of the people that, that treat the rivalry in the right way, some of the questions that you get that are, that are pretty um, – that are pretty compelling. And I, the question that's floating around the stratosphere now is who's better, Troy Anderson or Dante Olson? Mm. And I just got to thinking, I think there's no question Troy Anderson's a lot more diverse. I don't think Dante Olson could step back there and, and play quarterback. I uh, know. But I also don't really have never really seen any player that can declete a running back at the point of attack in the hole like Dante Olson. I mean, he kills people. He's he is an unbelievable player to watch. He, his trigger point and the way he reacts and how how fast he is, I, I really think he's second to none in certain elements. I'm not saying he's the best Grizz linebacker ever in terms of his total body of work yet, but last year, I mean, he was must see TV every single week. Yeah, he would just be racking them up. I mean, you couldn't even believe we'd get the halftime stats sheet. And this guy'd have a player of the week stat line at halftime. He'd have 12 tackles and a sack before the game was even halfway over. Um, but that just got me to thinking, rather than debate that question and answer that question, I really think that those two young men, Troy Anderson and Dante Olsen, are two of the best players that have, have that at least I've gotten the pleasure to cover in, in Montana. I mean, they, they are spectacular to watch. And the thing that's so great about them is they deliver every time. Like, I've never seen Troy Anderson or, or Dante Olsen have a dud. They don't have a game where somebody like, mitigates them and, and, and game plans for them and shuts them down. It's like, I mean, even North Dakota State, cats did nothing. They got killed. 
except for Troy Anderson, rushed for 130 yards and scored a 60-yard touchdown like he always does. If Dante Olsen, no matter who they're playing, he's good for 15 tackles. And so it's it's just, it's a fun, really fun to watch those guys. It is really fun, and and I think you make a good point too because, you know, in in the Big Sky Conference and even even narrowing it down to just the state of Montana, there's always going to be some really good players, some you know maybe elite players, you know, in the context. But each of these guys, in their own respect, Troy Anderson and Dante Olson, takes it even to another level, you know, beyond that, and 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 the. The legends that will be spoken about Troy Anderson in 20 years, you know, are are serious. And frankly, the same for Dante Olson. It will be more for Troy Anderson because of the whole move, not moving to offense, moving to quarterback and then to the other side and the track stuff and all of that stuff. But when you talk about 151 tackles, I mean, I mean, that's it's obnoxious. Like, I don't care if you're the only dude on the defense. You can't have 150 tackles. There's not. A, you just no. There's no way. Like Bobby Huck said, is his mom keeping who's the keeping stats? stats? Who's keeping the stats? Who's writing these up for you? Yeah, totally. But it, it is. It is fun. It's. It's. It's incredibly fun and compelling to. Uh, to watch. You know. I. I everything. I mean. I, I love all of this, man. I. I know that this has been like. You know. You've done this a long time in this. In this seat. And when I say this seat, I'm talking about in the state of Montana getting going for another year or whatever. And look, I've been around this plenty. I mean, my whole life too, to an extent in terms of, you know, as, as a, as you know, a guy who likes football, watching the college football teams in the state of Montana and so forth and so on. But it just never gets old to me. And it includes all of it. Had a fantasy football draft last weekend. We're going to be in a fantasy football league this weekend with the, with our buddies over at ABC Fox Montana. Sean Rainey leading the charge on another fantasy. Then you get the NFL going into uh, week three of the preseason. You start to look at the FBS schedule. And then we have something that others don't have. Is the football that actually matters the most to us is not any of that football. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the state stuff. It's the big sky stuff. And and that is such an interesting layer to this because I think, you know, if you're a fan of Alabama, like if you're in Tuscaloosa or if you're in Clemson or wherever, you know, you're in Happy Valley, whatever it is, like, of course, to be in and with those teams and, and, and all of that is great fun. But but we're watching all those teams, too. Like we we are interested and are watching Saturday night football on, you know, ABC and ESPN, et cetera. Just like you are, they aren't watching any of this stuff, and so I'm sorry, Tina. It's just going to be another hundred hours of football. You know, it's what it is. Got to give, got to say my apologies ahead of time. You know. Speaking of great things about Missoula, should we talk a little bit about River City Roots Festival? Got some talking points, uh, just in terms of the logistics of it. Also, yeah, let's do it. So we'll be we'll be at, we'll be at locals. Tomorrow, so come see us. Yep. But remember that. Remember, uh, starting at two p.m. tomorrow, uh, between Ryman and Woody, you'll be closed as they set up the River City Roots. So if you're down there and you need to cool off for a minute, come into locals. I got good food. The, uh, the cauliflower that they got down there is good stuff. Mm. Got the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen, of course. We'll, we'll be open, buying open we'll be tab, open tab buying the first hundred dollars worth. So if you need to quench your thirst, if you're helping down there, if you're dancing down there, wherever you're doing, come see us. Uh, and remember, Friday early morning before 7 a.m., Main Street will be closed again between Higgins and Woody, and Ryman will be closed Broadway to Front. 
Uh, I mean, it's a great thing. There's going to be all sorts of downtown music, fun, uh, food trucks, the works. And uh, main guy Tommy will be down there too, too yeah, conducting Tommy, interviews some, and everything. Interviews, right? Talking all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. On the other side, the Tour Championship. I'm not going to bore you with golf. I'm going to excite you with golf next. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. But right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Tell the one is one two nine ESPN Radio. <sighs> so excited for golf! Can't wait. Broadcasting live from the Chris Polaris Studios. Chris Polaris at twenty nine hundred four West Broadway, Missoula Highway eighty three, and Sealy online at chrispolaris.com. Tommy, what uh, what exactly is your problem? I don't have any idea. How you can even sarcastically claim that you're going to excite the masses or anyone with golf. You know, I'm, me, I'm at the edge of my seat here. There's a lot of things that you don't understand about what it is that we do, and that's okay. Nobody judges you on this. <laughs> Tommy, your new show last night was great. Thanks, Coulter. I appreciate that. Golf was not a part of it. Tommy, have you ever golfed before? Um, Kind of-ish. You sort of. Sh- you should love golfing, man, because you know what you can do when you golf? Drink a couple of cold ones. There is nothing that prevents me from doing that all of the time anyway. <laughs> there is no four-hour activity that Tommy Evans can do. That's true. He will get a cell phone call that will ruin whatever four-hour activity he is in the middle of. He has to go to Roswell, New Mexico, or Antarctica to escape the... Constant badgering of everybody at Missoula Broadcasting Company to come fix all of their stuff. Tommy can watch, supersize me on his phone while he's in line at McDonald's. I have done this. Get backed up in the drive-thru. Get yourself woke about what's going on with the food (laughs) items. Talk a little golf, people. <laughs> the uh, Tour Championship is this week from the uh, East Lake Country Club in Atlanta, Georgia, the uh, home of golf in America, really. I think of the original Bobby Jones down there, right, in uh, in Atlanta. In any case, um, 
30 players have made it into this week's Tour Championship, which if you're not following along at home, this is the third week of what is effectively the playoff. And each week, if you have enough FedEx Cup points, you can move on, but they cut players you know, who have not attained enough points. So these are the top 30 point getters over the course of the year, which is something like having the top 30 players uh, well, of the year in a tournament. Notably, who's not there? The winner of this tournament from last year, that would be Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all, is not playing in this one. But this is, this is something else how they've set this up because the FedEx Cup is, I mean, this is the only time you're going to get a NASCAR analogy out of me because it's the best I could do. But you can, uh, you can win the race but not win the tournament, so to speak, the, 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 the NASCAR stuff, you know, the Sprint Cup or whatever it is. Same thing here, it used to be used to be the situation where you accrued points over the course of the year, and even if you didn't win the final tournament of the year, you could still be the top points getter and therefore win the whole thing. Well, that's not happening this year. You ready for what's happening this year? This is great. They are taking everybody who's accrued the points, so far the most points <coughs> to this point was last week's winner at Medina in Justin Thomas. He's got the most FedEx Cup points on the year, so he's number one. So he's going to start on the number one tee tomorrow at 10 under par. Maybe I should start doing that. Maybe that's how I need to get into Well, I mean, if you played numbers. in tournaments with your accurate handicap, you'd be starting like, depending on who you were playing against, you'd be starting like 20 under. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, uh, he is going to be uh, with Patrick Cantlay, who is uh, in the second place. He's going to be at 9 under. So here's the deal. You go in there, and they got... All 30 guys staggered, for, starting at 10 under with Justin Thomas to even par. The last five golfers, 26 through 30, are all at even par. And it's like, you know, f- first place 10 under, second place, I guess, actually eight under, technically, not, not, uh, not uh, nine under. Third is seven under, fourth at six under, five at five under. Then six through 10 is where they start expanding it out. All of those guys are at four under. 11 through 15 or 3 under and so on. And it goes all the way to even par. But here's the thing. Now you can throw all the points out. Don't worry about the points. Just worry about the score. So if you are starting at even par, you are going to have to beat Justin Thomas by 10 strokes in the tournament to basically break even with him on the hole. But are you ready for this, Coulter? The winner of this tournament who is then going to be uh, in virtue of winning the tournament championship tournament, the FedEx Cup winner. $15 $15 million. 15 mil to the one guy. I mean, most of the purses, the entire purse on a PGA Tour is between 8 and $10 million. Totally. You're getting 15 mil to you. $46 million is the purse for this. There are no cuts. There's only 30 guys. Every Last place is guaranteed four hundred grand. Oh, gosh. Sounds glorious. But 15 mil, bro? Oh, that's the biggest. This is the biggest payday in the history of professional golf. $4 million a day to win that tournament. It's pretty good. It's unbelievable. Good work if you can get it. And uh, and also, uh, it's also good work if you can get it, and you're already 10 under par when you start your tournament tomorrow, like it is going to be for Justin Thomas. By the way, Justin Thomas, consequently, a 9-4 to four favorite to win it. Patrick Kennelly and Brooks Katka, both 9-2. to two. Uh, it is Brooks Kapka, by the way, who I think is in third place and will be at seven under to start. So he will be three shots back 
of uh, Justin Thomas when they take to T tomorrow. Do you like this? Do you think that's a good way to do it? I love this because it the points are puts cool. relevance to the regular no, season. No, nobody understands what the points are. You're right. out there. You got forty two thousand points, and no, nobody understands. I mean, you understand. You know, I guess how you get them, but every tournament's weighted differently, and 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 you don't know where anybody stands as you're going. It's all these projections. Now you just go, okay, what's your score? What is your golf score? And we all know what's going on like as viewers and as fans so i like that aspect of it what i don't know is it is is if it's equitable right like let's say justin thomas wasn't just the guy who was number one but actually had double the points of everybody else now he's only up two strokes after after having put you know a guaranteed win on the field coming into it from a points standpoint that's the thing that that i think you have to peg the the score to not merely oh well if you fall 11 through 14 you're three under or whatever i think it's got to be more uh representative of the of the point standings and if a guy comes in and literally can't lose because he's so far ahead well he should you know he should be it now that kind of ruins your tournament if you start a guy at 25 under par and everybody knows he's going to win the thing uh you know you can't very well do that but i think it's an interesting give and take in that respect but i think for a viewer going to be really fun and i think 15 million dollars moves the needle when it comes to nerves totally everybody talks about you know the the majors and all that kind of stuff when you're out there playing for 15 million dang dollars even as a tour professional even as a you know sponsored guy and all that kind of stuff that matters definitely i think this also gives a little bit more continuity and intrigue to the concept of an actual quote-unquote regular season Sometimes the PGA Tour just seems like a collection of tournaments that yes. don't have anything to do with each other. And each individual major is sort of a little bit intertwined with there being four of them, and you can win this this Grand Slam. But otherwise, if you just win the Bay Hill Invite and the you know Greater Milwaukee Open, they have nothing to do with each other. It's two wins. But this way, now you're kind of m- making your way towards a cohesive and ultimate goal and when that ultimate goal has this sort of price tag on it too it, it does it makes it more intriguing second place five mil dang five mil for second there are eight guys who are going to go a million dollars really or better in this tournament. usually in the majors it's usually three and and in normal tournaments it's one absolutely one 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 point one million dollars something like that so still crazy amount but of here's money. the thing it's like the difference between first and second is ten million dollars. <laughs> ten million. Ten bucks. million. I mean, how about that for a playoff? You know, standing over the putt, get a chance oh, to win it. Ten on. mil on the line. <laughs> Two telling Nuanas, hour number one in the books. Tommy, look at this clock. I mean, we are all over. We're doing great work today. Yarman's work. Be right back. We're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom 
Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.